This podcast is brought to you by Valhalla Hobby. If you use code GT2305 at checkout, you get 5% off any order over $100. Check them out at Valhalla Hobby today. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is Getting Tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my inaptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people. Welcome to Getting Tabled. I am here, but we're not with George today. George has been entered into the local dog competition by Casey because um, they decided that he is a pure breed. He's pure mongrel. So congratulations yeah. to George. Good um, luck in the showcasing. There is actually partial truth to that, just not to the George being in the competition bit. Uh, I'm also here with the main man. Uh, he truly is the main man today because today is his 18th birthday. Yeah, plus a few more, but we won't get into the uh, specifics. But yes, uh, appreciate it, Bruce, and everyone that, on Facebook uh, threads out there who's wished me happy birthday. Uh, it's been an enjoyable day. Thank, uh, thank you for not for, leaving me by myself, which I'm sure possibly, welcome. I'm sure was a possibility at one point. I don't know. There, there could have been, because I could have had some friends from uh, our past duty station that was possibly going to be staying with us uh, the last couple of days, but their plans changed. And so, yeah, I mean... I may have had to say, sorry, guys, I'm out too. So we're going to have to postpone this. But I'm here, so. I just want to raise this as a thing. Out of the three of us, despite the fact that while this has been running at some point, you were um, literally in overseas. another country and overseas because of For being a year. deployed. Um, I think George might still be up there with the amount of people that's lost uh, that, that's missed episodes. I reckon, he'd be, I reckon he'd be in contention with you. Yeah, I think so too. Because we started this I've the last four two. months I was over there. I, we started this the last uh, four or five months that I was gone. So yeah. You would edge him out, but it'd have to be close. Yeah, it would Because been, he, th- he sure. thinks that dogs and other are people's dogs are more important than his friends and our listeners. Yes. You should all but be anyways, ashamed of him. <laughs> Let's get we into have, it. Uh, I was gonna, we got some news to talk about. We do. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. Starting with, honestly, quite a sad story. Well, I mean, it is and it's not. Um, so, Knights of Dice, we've talked about a couple of times. Uh, I've got a couple of reviews on the channel, uh, on the podcast channel of products of theirs. Uh, one is kind of like a very fast version of me building something and then giving like thoughts on it afterwards. I've also done an opening of a gaming mat that they started selling a couple of months ago. I actually have another one that I was going to do, and I don't really know if it's worth filming anymore. Although you can still buy them, so maybe it is. Um, Because I also have their grass mat. Um, But Knights of Dice is, as far as a full-time manufacturer and seller of MDF terrain, it's done. Yeah, uh, well, closing. it is going to be done. So Viv has... Now, truth be told, I've actually known this was coming for a while. Uh, I wasn't sworn to secrecy on it, but I was waiting for things to be... I, I have legit known about this for a while. 
um, because Viv and I are rather close. And there have been hints dropped as well. Uh, Viv does a bit of streaming. Uh, he plays Star Citizen, and we kind of play together here and there as well. And he'd kind of been dropping hints that he'd been going through medicals, and he found out that he'd um, that he was colorblind, and which he'd never oh, known. Man. And that's hard. Ironically, I never actually connected the dots on that, even though I knew that something was coming. Uh, but he was doing like legitimately, he was doing medicals for a new job. Uh, Viv has always either worked for himself or for family. Uh, Knights of Dice has been a thing. N- Knights of Dice was a business that he kind of. It was never really meant to be a business, uh, ironically. It kind of just happened. Um, there was a local more, store. More of a hobby to have fun and do stuff with, but then... But, well, pretty much. The business. I mean, he always owned the... Um, like, he always owned the lasers and stuff, and like yeah. he had started kind of venturing into it. And there was a local store that was like, hey, do you reckon you could actually make some terrain for us to sell? And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And then he hires people and it becomes a big business. It's now eight years later. During COVID, yep. like a lot of businesses, it all kind of sized down. Uh, a lot of his major designers and that kind of left over time. And like the, the thing that COVID did to everybody. Uh, and yep. for the last 12 months or so, he's kind of been spinning the wheels of knowing he had to make this decision. Uh, and to a large extent, hey, let's go back to a conversation we've both had recently. He, he was burnt out. It had been for a while because COVID burnt a lot of people out. It's just the way that it was. So Knights of Dice, as we know it, is coming to an end. I am very much simplifying this just for the record. There's a lot that I'm not touching on. I have a post sitting here in front of me where he talks about it. There's actually two videos. Uh, There is this one, Knights of Dice is closing or closing with a question mark. Uh, And there's another one, which is closing thank you. Uh, I would recommend that everybody should watch this uh, because it kind of talks not just about the fact that the business is closing as we know it, but what's going to come after this as well. And I kind of know a little bit more about this because I kind of had a chat with Viv about my game if and when it happens uh, and if I'll be able to get support for it when that happens. And fingers crossed, um, I need my game to be a thing first. Uh, but basic, the plan at this stage is once every three or six months, he will kind of open up the floodgates of, look, if you want to order something, it's made to order. Delivery will be at some point in the next three to six months. And he will just kind of do that every now and then for the people that still want to buy stuff. And it's not a small amount of people, quite frankly, because um, he's been doing this for a while and he has quite a decent following. Um, mm-hmm. He will continue to be streaming um, Star Citizen. Uh, he does that. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. There's also a Friday in there that's like playing with the community. So you'll catch me on that semi-frequently when I can. Um, and otherwise, it's kind of going to be like a case-by-case basis type thing. Basically, Knights of Dice, as we know it, is going away. And it's going to become what it was always supposed to be, which was it was originally supposed to be like a hobby area for him to kind of have hobby and do hobby with others. And that just never happened because yeah. it just, it accidentally became a business. Um, Spilled again, over. Yeah. Uh, like, again, I'm oversimplifying this, but that, that it's essentially what he said in a couple of different videos and over on his streaming and so on and so forth. Um, I did share the closing video on our Facebook page. 
So mm-hmm. hopefully some of our listeners will have watched that. Um, I would recommend anybody that wants to buy anything, I would highly recommend it. When I shared it, I basically kind of said, hey, let's make June the biggest month that Knights of Dice has ever had or something something to that effect because I'd love to see it. I know he has had a lot of orders mm-hmm. already. Uh, they closed their doors on June 30th, which is um, that's the end of the tax year. So that's why he's doing it then. Uh, Viv's been doing a lot of work with a few different creators. Um, I would love to get over there and actually do something with him at some point. It's never really happened because I've never really, I mean, just with the exception of like my game, which obviously I will need to do stuff with mm-hmm. at some point. But he has stuff over there that in theory, he's always wanted to be able to like get people, like if they design things to be able to use in a hobby space and stuff, whether it be like MDF stuff that people want to design and hey, can I get you to cut this for me? I actually did take advantage of that. The templates that I use for my game was designed by a friend and he had them cut for me. Uh, Ironically, they actually came out with a bit of an error just because of the way that it was designed, uh, which is not his fault. Uh, But it was really, but it was enough for me to be able to test. uh, And it was like the measurements on all of the templates were spot on. It's just that there was, it was a little bit fragile in one spot where it broke Mm. just because of how it was designed. Yeah. Uh, Which is fine because it's the first time they'd ever done that. I'm not complaining. So, yeah, I mean, to some extent, I'm obviously very sad. I was a big fan of Knights of Dice. Viv is a wonderful person. Um, It's nice to know that, I mean, th- this is happening because he wanted to do it. I mean, the it, the business had been kind of spinning its wheels for a little bit, but it's not like, well, they're wrecked and they're ruined and they're bankrupt. Um, It's like he, he wants to get out. He kind of needs to get out. It's kind of like it's a lot of little things that's kind of added up to yeah. this. So it's not all bad, and Knights of Dice will still be around, just not in the same way that it always had been. In the mainstream, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have quite a bit of Knights of Dice. I've, they have like a full-on modern range of terrain, and I've been buying pretty much periodically, like once a month, I've been buying some stuff to add to my collection for Entropy City because when I get to the point of being able to show this to people properly, as opposed to helping you want play a full test board. it. I, I want to have a full board, and I want to have a board that looks like it was designed to be together. So yeah. that's the plan. Thanks, Viv. Moving on. Moving on. Viv will, Viv will listen to this at some point and get all blushy and stuff because he hates when... <laughs> I shared the unboxings and stuff with him. He's like, oh, I hate, I hate watching people look at my products. <laughs> uh, printable scenery. We've covered these guys a couple of times. They're fairly well known, let's be honest. Um, yep. They are literally printable scenery. This time, they are doing Glooming Swamps, uh, which is not j- like they've done swampy type things before, but it's not just that. So basically, this can, it's like an overgrown forest. It can kind of work for D&D. It can kind of work for Some swamps swamps in miniature games and stuff. I mean, there is definitely some stuff here that's, fantasy-esque, but nothing that would feel out of, other than the monsters. You could have a swamp board for a historical game, and I think most of these buildings would work, honestly. Um, Except for, like I said, the monsters, which obviously you wouldn't be throwing on for a historical game. Unless you want to do that famous historical battle where everybody was attacked by trees. um, Because Lord of the Rings is a real thing. Uh, I really like this, honestly. It, it looks really, really pretty. I love the treemen. 
I love the fact that they're not just the same treatment that everybody else did. I love that I was the say, roots I, I that's like walking. The turtles. Oh, the the giant turtle is awesome. The giant turtles look awesome too, with the the, the trees growing out of them off yeah. the shells and stuff like that. It looks like one of the poly, uh the, the the giant Apollo the, the whatever the islands is called, Apalago Apologos. that one. Yeah, it looks like the the giant tort- tortoises from out that way. Um, yeah, I really like it. The, the thing I like about the treatment. Generally speaking, most treatment end up looking the same. But mm-hmm. and you've got one of them that kind of have that that fairly cliche look at this cliche is probably the wrong word. But you've also got these ones where it's literally the roots that's walking and they look like it looks like a muscle man that's skipped leg day because they've got this tiny little leg supporting this giant monstrous body. I love mm-hmm. it. It's so silly, but in like I like it's the right kind of silly. Yeah, I like what they're doing here. Um, yeah, it's it it's going look, well too. Nice. New Zealand company, um, so it's doing rather well. You can buy into this at a fairly low amount, like the it's a ninety New Zealand dollars, which is eighty four bucks for me. I think it's around sixty ish for you somewhere. I haven't looked that up. That's yeah. just off the top of my head. Um, Did you see the bridge toll? The bridge. Oh yeah, that was the the first. Yes, the big fat. One of the thing. first unlocks. It looks like a troll or a bridge laying down, but then he stands up and he's a troll. That looks. That'd be so fun. Oh no, I don't think I've seen that. Uh, it's one of the unlocks for the stretch goals. I'm scrolling down. I was going through the video. Um, after you get some boats, you've got a, a bamboo barricade, and then the next one down is ooh. a bridge troll. Oh, that's incredible. So I guess the way you would play that is that you're walking across this bridge and then all, all of a sudden it, it, it comes up and you just slide off the side of him, maybe? Something like that, yeah. You, you could either play it so that he that it hurts you or that it doesn't, depending on how you want to go about it, I suppose. Yeah. It, hell, the, the small bamboo scatter isn't bad either. I mean, it's very no, it's simple, not. but... Shrine of the Swamp Beast. Yeah, they got some good terrain. Yeah. Oh, there's a plague tree. <laughs> oh, you can put... Oh, I'm seeing even more stuff that I like the look of now. Uh, there's an unlock for the turtle to make it into a basically a fort. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So this stuff this stuff looks amazing. Um, I definitely would recommend looking. But my recommendation is if you have an FDM printer, then I'd be looking at this stuff. Like the... The um like the beasts and stuff will come out on a resin printer all right. Uh but the terrain itself, I mean, whilst you could, um it's much harder and more expensive and honestly just print this stuff on an FDM printer. You you'll be happier. Um it, I I have tried a few of their files on a resin printer and they came out nice. It's it's just not worth it. You're better off just using the FDM printer. Um, because the extra money that it costs you to print it in the resin just isn't worth it, in my opinion. So, yeah, really, really nice-looking stuff. Um, Atomic Mass Games, a company that um, Socks is kind of eh on at the moment, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two new sets announced for Star Wars Shatterpoint. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that, yes, it is going to have that overwhelmingly large support of 
things coming out all the time. Like it's been yeah. a matter of a month and a half at this point. The, we already the, have six the things. Game coming. has the game hasn't even released, and they've announced or six expansions. Set. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong; each of these expansions look good. Um, the Witches of the Dathomir. Um, it's, uh, it, it's not the one that jumps out at me. It's got nothing to do with like it, it looks really nice. It's just not characters that I feel for. Uh, because I haven't watched Clone Wars. I'm actually trying to watch it at the moment, but I haven't gotten to this point. Um, obviously, Maul's brother, or at least I think it's supposed to be Maul's brother. I can't remember who it is exactly. I want to say you might be right. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. I'll have to go back and look. I'm pretty but... sure that it's meant to be his brother or somebody that he's close enough to mm-hmm. that he calls a brother. Uh, but as far as this wave is concerned... I don't think there's much controversial in saying that I'm sorry, but Mace Windu is a better box. It looks yeah. much better. Uh, Commander so yeah, Pond looks Party amazing. Squad. Yep. Yeah, so the next one is the Party's Over Squad, which comes with, like you said, Mace Windu, and then uh, a couple of Clone Commanders, Pawns, and then two Off Troopers. So. Yep. Um, I think it looks absolutely phenomenal. It's... It, it shoots the other box out of the water, in my opinion. Not, not I mean, it, it doesn't look bad. It just, it just, there's nothing about it that really jumps out at me in the other one. Yeah. Um, and I suspect that that's just because oh, I haven't seen it, so I, it, it doesn't do anything for me because it's not supposed to. Like this is drawing on nostalgia. I just don't have. I think. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's not a box for me. Yeah. Um. And when it comes to the whole, the amount that they're releasing thing, I mean, that is definitely going to be an issue at this point uh, for some people. But it is what it is. Uh, Mace Window is a box, a box that looks amazing. It's probably the first of the boxes that's made me go, ooh, maybe I do kind of want the bad, the good guys. Because um, honestly, a lot of the good guys, even the nice-looking ones, I've just kind of gone, yeah, I'd rather just have the mm-hmm. bad guys. Um, because... All of the troopers kind of look the same-ish. These ones actually do look a bit... I mean, they, they're all sculpted differently, but... Yeah. Um, clone troopers clone always trooper, have that a problem. Clone trooper is gonna yeah. Be, yeah. Well, stormtroopers too. It, it's hard to get a different pose for a stormtrooper or a clone trooper unless they're holding a different weapon or whatever. So Yeah, and even when they are... They still kind of look the same because they literally are all the same. It's literally the point. So... Yeah, this is the first one that's kind of jumped out at me, um, which is a good thing. Moving on, we have a number of different War Cradle things coming. So first and foremost, we've got UFOs coming for um, Dystopian Wars. Yes, these are the Commonwealth. Sorry, not Commonwealth, Enlightened. Yes. And boy, do they look nice. Mm -hmm. Boy, do they look nice. So... Different to everything else that's been done so far, which is nice. The yes. only thing I will say is I don't really know how I feel about the dual layer thing. That's agreed. Kind of a little odd. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there's a reason for it. I, so I, I like understand this... it's supposed to be an air, it's going to be an air, a carrier that's going to spit out your SRS token. So those little fighter-looking tokens down at the bottom. Uh, from what I understand, it's going to spit those out. So. As yeah. kind of like an aircraft carrier, flying aircraft carrier, but in a flying saucer status. That makes sense. Um, I, I like this quote that they have just before the fuel, the, just after the Thule Sky Fortresses. Glorified balloons, I can understand. 
What did you call it? A fool? That was something else. I thought those huge thrusters were keeping keeping it in the sky at first, but I think it only uses them to maneuver. I, I yeah. like the whole, I have no idea what I'm looking at type thing. It, it just feels very appropriate. I mean, us in modern day, we know what a UFO is because it's been used in social media, not social media, um, sci-fi so much. Sci-fi so much. But in this point, like it is literally n- nobody would understand it. Because all of the flying ships are flying ships, and they make sense. It's just a ship that flies. What on earth is this? This doesn't make yeah. any sense. To, it, it makes sense that somebody would have that thought. So I really like that. Uh, the Minerva Battle Fleet set is coming out as well, which is quite nice. Uh, I quite like this the giant... The Alliance. Yep. I quite like the giant um, aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. That kind of feels like it's been super glued onto a battleship. Yeah. Um, Got a bunch of crew frigates. Yeah. Some destroyers. Some of which appear to have cranes on them by the look of it. Yeah. Uh, And then you've got the advanced squadrons for the Commonwealth, which is giant drill cannon cannon flying things and... um, Some hovercrafts. Hovercrafts, that's the word I want. Hovercrafts are always awesome. I don't care who you are. Hovercrafts are brilliant. And then we have a new platforms and objectives set. Uh, this is the second of these, I believe. So that's just uh, something that works for everybody. Yeah. So because we had one I'm of those that got be... shown off last last fortnight, I think. Yeah. So that was a campaigns and uh, objectives set. This is kind of your uh, platforms. Um, so yeah, uh, the campaign set comes with a campaign system that you can use to play games in. So this will just give you more platforms because each faction can actually bring their own platform yep. of some sort. But then there's also missions, and I'm guessing there's going to be more in the campaign set where these platforms are going to be used as objectives that you're going to try and fight over on the battlefield itself. So yeah, um, I imagine that most of this is going to be fairly easy to build too, honestly. Because I mean, the, the the flat platform, the guns will have to be glued on. Although I would probably leave them separate because there'll probably be options. Yes, um, I'm going to probably magnetize mine. Because I'm magnetizing I, all my stuff at the crown. Honestly, I don't. So. Th- I don't think you'll need to. Because it's not going to move. I reckon you'll be able to just sit it there. I mean, unless you really you're, want them, it's right. probably a waste of magnets. I'm going to be using them on my crown because I'll be moving them around on the board. Yes. So the yeah, crown, exactly. yeah. But yeah, you might be right on these platforms because you're you're right. They're just going to stay on the board until you're next to them, and then you're still not going to really move move them around. So yeah, you're right. I'll yeah. probably just leave them as is. Just see how it goes. Uh, because yeah, the small platforms oh. are just exchangeable on the big one. It's the same size, from what I can say. Um, the only other thing I will say, and I kind of feel silly for saying this, but I think the wreck marker is the nicest looking thing in the box. It so feels yeah, like a are... really dumb thing to say, but it looks really nice. I mean, the mine is cool too, but... Mm-hmm. That wreck looks amazing. I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's a dumb thing to say, but I really do think that wreck is much nicer than it should be. I mean, ultimately, you could just put some scrap and some sprue on a base and then call it done, but this is Call it a wreck marker, yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got some new... Terrain, because, I mean, terrain is something that Warcrate will do as well, and it's all pre-painted, and it's all lovely. 
Uh, I'm not the first one to call this out, but um, that firehouse looks like a certain firehouse that makes you feel good with a pole, and mm-hmm. we should definitely stay here overnight. Uh, it's not a direct copy of the Ghostbusters firehouse, but it definitely reminds me of it. Yes. Um, I like the little cars too. I mean, they're very simple. Yeah. I have seen MDF cars done better than this, but these are really nice. Um, if anything, I think I prefer the second one because there's more angles and stuff in it than I do the, the first one. But mm-hmm. mm, I kind of like this. Uh, the Elder Sign is straight out of a certain zombie movie. Um, I can't think what it's called right now. Um, but it's the comedy zombie. I'm trying movie. to remember too. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's the pub at at the end of the end of the street that they're all trying to get to, just so they can have one last drink before the apocalypse kills them. And da 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 da. da. I think this stuff looks really good. I mean, it's all simple. Uh, which is fine, yeah. because it's MDF terrain. It should be simple. Uh, but a lot of this stuff is done nice enough that you can kind of forget how it was built. Uh, yeah. The mailboxes is a good example of that. How do you get a curve out of a flat surface? Well, you just cut it the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very pretty. There isn't a pole in, so, in, in the middle of the firehouse, which is disappointing. Uh, but also, to be fair, that's... How are you going to do a poll? Cool. We're smashing through this. Uh, This next story is... I'm going to try and be very careful with what I say in this next story. Because I want to make it very clear. I have opinions based on fact um, about one of the companies involved in the next story. All of that fact is stuff that we have promised to talk about, but I have not spoken about at this stage because we're saving it for a certain thing that is hopefully eventually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to make it very clear. None of the negatives I have have anything to do with Elric Hobbies. Stefan is amazing and deserves all of the credit. He is really, really good at what he does. So, Elric Hobbies has purchased the IP from Secret Weapon Miniatures. So that means the resin bases, which at one point were among the best on the market, uh, I would probably argue to say that Elric's were better than those at, at, at one point, uh, but he was also getting into it when the other company was going under. They've also purchased the remaining warehouse inventory, so the stuff that didn't sell before the company went under. Mm-hmm. Um. Elric's Hobbies will be adding bases, brass etching, tabletop dungeons, individual terrain tiles, and more to their website. So he's purchased the IP for Secret Weapon Miniatures, and they are now his property. There's an exception to this that is very important to this story. The HD bases from the Kickstarter are not included in that. Um, and to be fair, I would argue that's a good thing. Um, we have it on pretty good authority to say that none of the work from that Kickstarter ever took place. Um, there, there's been research done into this that I can't talk too much about at this stage, 
the people that were supposed to be involved behind the scenes never received the orders for the product. Um, this is one of the reasons why we will talk about this at one point, but it's not going to be today because it's not important. The important thing here is that, like, as much as, as a backer, I want my stuff, I'm still going to sit here and say it's a good thing that El Elric Hobbies didn't purchase that Kickstarter because they would have had to have done all of the work. Yeah. And Without pretty much... profit. Well, no, because all of the money from the Kickstarter disappeared, which means there's no... Like, he would just have to spend money to make something. Yeah. Like, and that's not the way that business... Like, you don't, you don't purchase a product like that because then it's going to have to be paid for twice to get rid of what is essentially looked at as a debt. It's good that that's still yeah. in the hands of the owner of Secret Weapon Miniatures. Um, my hope, and I know I'm not the only person to say this, and I also know that the other person that said this did not get spoken to very nicely, my hope is that now he has money that he might put that money where it was supposed to be placed and actually get the Kickstarter done. I don't believe mm -hmm. that will happen. I believe he will pocket that money and try to pretend like it never happened. Um, I did share the announcement of this on the Kickstarter page because I am a backer. I can do that. It wouldn't surprise me if it gets deleted uh, because there's a lot of other things that he's deleted and tried to claim like people were abusing him when they were not. Um, but... Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, this is a good thing for Elric Hobbies. Um, my hope is that he takes this and makes it his own and doesn't try and basically tries to distance himself away from Secret Weapon because yeah, I think that's the smartest thing that he could do at this point is take the product. There's a lot of people that wanted the product to continue because the product was good, but the product needs to be distanced itself from the person that created it at this point because it's mm -hmm. very important. So, yeah, there we go. Um, like I said, the Kickstarter is not part of this. Um, it, it doesn't help any of the backers from that. Um, my hope would be is that the money from this can go towards it, but I can. it's not going to happen. We all know this at this point. Um, we need to get the guy on so we can actually talk about it at some point. Moving on to what, at least initially, when we first talked about this, I was like, oh my goodness, they're finally listening to their, to their critics. So the Metal Gear Solid board game is coming and it's going directly to Kickstarter. Sorry, it's going directly to retail. I'm so used to this being going to yeah, Kickstarter, I know, right? but it's not. I love the fact that there's a box. like That, that is just awesome. Um, yeah. So... The reason that it's not going to Kickstarter is because it's already been on Kickstarter. This is actually the purchase of a game that's been... This is basically coming back to the market. It's not a new product. Uh, they purchased this product from a company that had gone under. Uh, from what I understand, the game is supposed to be very good. I haven't played it, but from what I understand, it was supposed to be very good. Uh, surprisingly, people don't tend to buy products if they're not good. They just make a new one. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look. They are putting stuff in retail when they have a reason to, which is good. They should be doing more of it. Um, the Metal Gear looks looks all right. 
I'm not a huge fan of the actual Metal Gear design personally. I know what it is, but it, the, the the actual Metal Gear design personally never did anything for me. Um, I'm in the minority there, but that that's fine. The characters look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon, do more of this, please. When you have a product yes. that is successful enough that it doesn't need to be on Kickstarter, I know that it means that you can't do the giant thing, but releasing one part of that thing at a time at retail is perfectly fine. Do better business. Yep. I know that you make a lot of money from it. Do better business, please. We're really growing tired of it. Um, yeah, we are smashing through this. I just kind of feel like I'm talking a lot. Um, no, you're good. Are you are you a Metal Gear Solid person? Not much. No? I mean, no. Not a whole lot. I didn't get into it very much uh, at all growing up, so. No, fair enough. I was just curious because I know that there's a lot of stuff here that you haven't really touched on. Uh, obviously, this next one is one that you are not going to have a lot of thoughts on. And like I said, I feel like I'm just talking a lot. So... Warhammer Skulls is their reveals for video game stuff. And there's a few things that we've seen now. Um, so to start off with, Age of Sigmar is finally getting a video game of its own. Uh, I th- think this is probably overdue, if anything. Um, my hope is that it was going to be another... Um, oh, the people that did the fantasy one. Um, uh, uh, Total Yeah, I, I was hoping total it was going to be another Total War game But it's a, apparently it's not going to be um, Also, Age of Sigma doesn't tend like It doesn't tend to work in like regiments and stuff Because it's all round bases and stuff So the thought was is that maybe it wouldn't lend itself as well To that gameplay style But it'll be interesting to see I mean, the main reason I was hoping it was going to be a Total War thing Was because, well, at least that way we know the game's going to be good Whereas yeah. we don't know what this is going to be like at this stage. I mean, it looks very pretty, but it's going to be interesting to see what this is like. I would probably argue that they need this to be good. Uh, because if it's not, it's just going to make the other side of the crowd louder again. And they'll see it as evidence mm-hmm. of that they were right the whole time. Which is not how that works, but that is the the message that they will try to push. Um, interesting yeah. to see. I mean, it's Storm... Cast Eternal versus Orcs in the pictures. Looks very pretty. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. The other thing that we have, we have a Speed Freaks game coming. That one really, really did surprise me. Um, There's a public alpha playtest on Steam already. Um, I haven't looked at it personally um, because I've been doing other things. But apparently this, the alpha playtest is from the 25th of May till the 8th of June. If this is something that was announced before now, I didn't know about it until this announcement. Um, this looks like a Mad Max book for Warhammer. <laughs> pretty much. That, that is pretty much what it is. Uh, this is a board game that they had originally released as an excuse to make some minis. Uh, there was very mixed opinions as to whether the game itself was any good. Uh, but basically they did nothing with it once the minis were out, which is basically what they were doing a lot of them. A lot of their stuff at one point. They would release like a board game so that they could release some stuff out of it and then just never talk about it again. 
this is probably one of the only ones where there was actually still talk of it, but from a community perspective afterwards, because there were people that was kind of expecting this was going to go somewhere, and it just never did. Game itself looks a lot of fun. Um, I never touched this because in Australia this was offensively expensive. Uh, this is one of the things that they decided that we had to pay for twice. Um, just randomly because they could and screw you, I guess. But yeah, um, we also have a new announcement from the Space Marine, which is also coming very quickly. But this one was, um, socks. Lieutenants. How many do you think we've spoken about at this point since the podcast has been going? Because it's not a small amount of them. We are wow. getting Lieutenant Titus from the video game in miniature form. I actually made the joke on the um, thing. is Oh, a new lieutenant for Space Marines. You guys never released these. I got a like from Warhammer for it. It was great. Um, <laughs> I, I actually do like the miniature. I mean, the miniature is kind of just standing there, but it's a really nice looking mini. You need to click a link to see it, but it's coming as part of a board game. So it's him versus a ton of um, a ton, ton of Tyranids. It's going to be interesting to see what this has looked like. i, I got to say the board game itself doesn't look very interesting. This kind of feels like the way that their board games were a few years ago, where it's kind of like, we want to release this, so we're just going to say that it's a board game so people buy it. That's what this feels like. Because from the only image we've seen, You good? Yep. Um, 37 minutes. Okay. Um, from the only image we've seen, it just looks like it's a blank board with space with, with um, miniatures thrown onto it. But yeah. They're not showing any of the actual gameplay, so it, this could be deceptive, but this looks really boring right now. I would hope that there's more to it than what they're showing. I would hope that because this is just a tease, that that's why we're not really seeing anything else. Mm-hmm. But um, time will tell on that, I suppose. Uh, we also get like a little preview of what's coming for Total War, so we're getting some Chaos stuff coming for that. Uh, and what appears to be their answer to Tabletop Simulator. Power Wash Simulator. Peggy 3. Which... I don't know. The video shows them power washing the Warhammer logo. Um, But given that it has the word simulator on it, Power Wash Simulator, the immensely popular clean-em-up from Future Lab, takes a break from its laid-back spray washing to delve into the horrors of the far future. So it's an epic collaboration. So either this is going to be a game where you're cleaning blood off Warhammer 40k stuff, which seems really boring to me. Yeah. I mean, this, they're using the Power Wash Simulator name, so in theory, that that's what this has to be? That seems... Boring. <sighs> they're just trying to... It just... 
don't get me wrong. I realize that every time they sell their license to someone that they get a lot of money for it. But this is the sort of... If what I'm reading here is what this is, this is the sort of thing that you should be careful with your license with. Because things like this hurt a license value. If that's all this is going to be, my hope is that it's... We made this game and it's very popular, but we're actually going to do something different with this. That's my hope. I mean, I initially saw this and I was like, oh, simulator, it must be. And then I've immediately realized, no, that's not what this is. Um, I don't know. There's going to be some heavily watch this space on that, I think. that's. Um, mm -hmm. It's also got a very tiny amount of space on this, so probably says how much faith they have in it too, which if I was the people behind Power Wash Simulator, I'd probably be upset by how little they seem to care about this. Yeah. Uh, Dark Tide is getting some new content. Uh, there's a new Rogue Trader game being worked on. We got a new trailer for it, um, but it kind of doesn't show much at all. Uh, but apparently, there's going to be some space combat in it, so that's interesting. Uh, Warp Forge is a card game online. Yay! Listen to the excitement in my voice. Bolt Gun. Now, I have heard nothing but good things about this game. This is basically a retro uh, first-person shooter. Yeah. Like, like quite literally, that, that's what this is. It's, it's an old Doom-like... The graphics remind me of, like, Doom or Wolfenstein kind of style yeah. graphics. But obviously with modern twists with what you can do with technology today. Yeah. I, um... I'm tempted to try this, honestly. Um, I have heard nothing, but everybody is talking about how fun this game is at this point. So, apparently it's really good. Um, also, apparently there's Xbox controllers for Ultramarines that you can get in the design labs. Though, I think that's just that somebody has made them. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure all of these are just colors that you can put together yourself. Mm-hmm. But, yep, there we go. Oh, and then down the bottom there's a little bit... There's some more about um, Vermintide too, but I think this is just existing stuff that they're trying to get people to buy. Um, Lard Bowl. So these are all titles that already exist. Interesting to see. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what that power wash thing turns out to be. I really yeah. hope it's not exactly what it sounds like because that's just... It's not the right type of dumb. But don't get me wrong. I understand that there are things that are made for gamers that are not us. But Power Wash Simulator, look, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. It's not a game I will ever play. Um, nope. But putting Warhammer into that feels like a very bad idea. Because something that's ironically really fun doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate very well. I mean, you may mm -hmm. as well throw Warhammer into the middle of Goat Simulator if you're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you just make it a goblin or something. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, like the, the Space Marine Mini is interesting. I really hope that board game is better than it looks because that board game looks like it's going to be boring. And it yeah. looks like it's going to be one of these board games that's only a board game so that it can sell. I really hope that it's not that. Because they haven't done one of those board games for a while now, and I don't want them going backwards. All right, moving on. 
Yeah. Team Yankee. Team Yankee are releasing some Nordic forces. So this is interesting. Um, so Team yeah. Yankee is World War Three. Uh, if World War Three had have happened, basically it's if modern warfare. It's modern ish, yeah. It's an alternate I mean, history so- where like World War Two basically went into World War Three and then it's kept on spiraling. It's originally with- based on a book, I believe. Yeah, but it's more water- modern units. So you got your A ten. You got your modern tanks, you got your modern infantry weapons and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just like you said, uh, World War Three kicks off in the 80s. Yeah. So yeah, this is interesting. Um, it's good to see that we're getting some new forces. So it was Sweden, uh, Danish, um, Finnish. Finland and, and Norway and the Norwegians. So and Norway, yeah, four. that's it. Yeah. So that that's definitely... Definitely interested to see. But we've got some previews of what we've got here in some of the miniatures. You can't buy any of these miniatures yet, but um, you get some kind of, of teasers of what's coming. Yeah, July 29th, looks like, is their release date, possibly. Yeah, says that it shows at the end of the video. Of the teasers yeah. of what's been teased so far, uh, personally, I like to look at the finished stuff. Giant tank with the the armor plating and stuff on it looks really cool. I don't know yeah. what it's based on. I'm not a tank person. Uh, I know that all of this stuff is based on like real white, well, yeah, real life stuff. But mm-hmm. um, that's probably my favorite. Uh, for those that don't know, this is a 15 mil scale game. Um, yes. So it is like it's bigger armies at a smaller scale. Um, Same scale as uh, Flames of War. Yes. Yes. Because this is is made by the same company. Yeah. Yep. So, there you go. I thought that was interesting to look at. And, while we continue to fly through this. Sarisa Precision is making an Old West Hotel, which the exterior by itself looks pretty nice. Yeah, and that's only the beginning of the story. Yeah. Because, oh, this is, I love this so much. The inside of this is sculpted so nicely. Um, good thing about this is it appears to be a thicker MDF, and I will be coming back to why I'm making that during hobby time. Um, the two floors, the fact that the staircase works seamlessly into that next floor is amazing. I love yes. how that works. Uh, all of those floors on the top floor are very clearly for beds for people to sleep in. It's definitely not something else uh, because no, this is an old-timey Wild West. It definitely wouldn't be for anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, def- definitely not. Yeah, yeah, this is an Old West saloon. So we all know what those top rooms are for. Yeah, especially when you got all the women dressed up and uh, showing off as models in the pictures themselves. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah. Uh, Sarissa are fairly well known for their terrain at this point. It looks like it's going to be really easy to build too because you can you can actually see in the brickwork where that seam is. Yep. It's designed to do this. Like, like that. Um, so that should be fine. should be easy to build. It's probably more a question of how the floors are. Um, I would expect that they are gluing into the floor itself but not the walls. 
because I don't see anything on the side of the building where it's evident that those walls stick through, unless maybe it's hidden by the windows. That's a possibility. Uh, but I don't see any windows on that side of the building. So, No, I think it's directly into the wall uh, or the floor. I'm thinking it's and held in by the, the floor. But then along the, it's not protruding through the exterior wall, and so it's uh, it's gonna be glued on the exterior wall as a as a joint uh, as well. Hang on, it's not protruding. No, I think that wall might be double layered. Maybe. No, no, it's only one layer. Oh, I don't know then. the The issue is is that if it's not going into the wall as well as the ground. Like you're going to have to hold it in place to get the glue to dry, um, because there's it's going to be held by literally just the wood glue at that point. Um, yeah. Which once it's dry will be fine, but it's the matter mm -hmm. of making sure it's. Yeah. All right. We've actually had a lot of news, and we've gotten through it very very quickly. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, anything in particular that jumps out at you more than anything else? Well, since I've just got recently into a game, yeah, the uh, the uh, dystopian war stuff. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Uh, that's because I'm into the game, and I've got uh, my two boys. They're learning how to play it, and one of them wants the Enlightened, and one of them wants the Commonwealth. So guess what? There's a starter set that has all that. So yeah. guess what Christmas is coming, probably going to be? <laughs> yeah, the, the box set that you don't already have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... And their next birthdays are covered as well because um, you can get the expansions for those boxes for them. Correct. Yep. So um, that, and then, uh, I mean, that, that uh, the terrain that Cerise, I mean, we, I've, always, I've liked Cerise's terrain all a lot. And so that, that yeah. hotel looks nice too. So It's a really, really nice looking hotel. Um, I think as far as big news stories, I mean, the Elric Hobbies is a much bigger story. Yeah, than it's, that's a big one too. Nobody's been talking about this yet, but this is because it was announced two days ago uh, and most of the big news story people have already filmed their story, their news stories at that point. Mm -hmm. um, this is a much bigger story than most people realise because, I mean, Secret Weapon at one point were, they were really good. Whether how good they were had gone to certain people's heads or not is up for debate. Uh, and I'm not mm -hmm. having, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the case. I just know that other people have said that. Um, but the fact that that product is now going to be available through another store and it's a storefront that have proven that they will actually look after their customers um, says a lot. Yep. So my my only hope is that the downsides of where secret weapon ended up going doesn't end up hurting Stefan's business because he deserves better and my yeah. hope is that the people that got bad done by by the owner of secret weapon my hope is that they will support Elric and not because none of what happened is Elric's fault he's got nothing nope. to do with it so don't go attacking people that don't deserve it this is the internet. I know what the internet is like, but if people start doing that, I'm going to be very upset. Otherwise, I think it's time to look at an indie. Indie. Definition. Independent. Type. Slang word. Jargon. We have V and V Miniatures, which is a company that I actually came, I stumbled across these from a news article. And it was the news, it was the news article 
about these new Indian Command miniatures. The thing that jumped out at me at first was the Camel Riders because, oh, my Lord, these look incredible. Yeah. So this is... Yeah, it's all scale. They do do different scales, but this one in particular is 28 mil. This is all historical stuff. So this is based on things from the real world, not uh, stereotypes, though there is crossover here, obviously, because sometimes stereotypes are based on things that happened fairly or otherwise. Uh, I love this. This looks incredible. Um, They also have... There's some Indian infantry, some Indian archers, uh, and Indian Command. One of the Indian Command is holding an umbrella, which is very weird. I mean, it makes sense, but it's really weird. Uh, my theory is, is that he's there to hold the umbrella for one of the commanders, but... <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, it appears that they seem to be aiming for things like Saga, which is a game that I've been very tempted by a few times, but I've never actually looked at. Um... While we're looking at the side here under the 28 mil, uh, pick one of the forces, Sox. Carthage. Carthage? I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the Carthaginian war elephants. <gasps> yeah. The, the tower that they have with the rider, with the spear, and the archer, and the guy with the big, huge pole, big, huge spear pike. Oh, you pick so well. I know. <laughs> This is incredible. I love the guy that's about to be stepped on. That's amazing. Yeah. On the the extended set? Yeah, I agree. What else do we have? We've also got some mounted cavalry. Uh, We will have a look at the warriors. Oh, you can actually buy the Roman casualty by himself. That's quite nice. Yeah. I think I'm also going to have a look at the Vikings. I yes. quite deliberately didn't pick what I wanted to look at because I'm like, no, nah, if anybody's going to have opinions on what they want to look at, it's going to be socks. <laughs> uh, and I want to have a look at the Irish as well because not a lot of people do Irish miniatures. Correct. So, the Mounted Command look incredible. Like All of this stuff looks incredible, to be fair. Uh, they're all resin castings. Um, we will go into some of the larger stuff in a moment, but the 28 mil is generally where most of the attention is going to be because it's what you generally use it's, for warfare. Yeah, it's, it's easier for tabletop games anyways. Yeah. This is all designed for however you want to use it, pretty much. Uh, the Carthaginian warriors are quite nice. There's only four different poses, but that's just... like These poses are really nice. Um. Interesting that these mm-hmm. ones are on round bases. Although they've designed them for Saga, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, my favourite of the warrior poses is probably the one that's about to stab th- across the shield. It's yes. a very, very classic thing that's described in history quite a lot and always gets presented in movies. Mm-hmm. But we want to look at the Vikings because, well, it's Vikings. So why would we not want to look at them? Yep. We want to look at the Viking shield wall. We want to look at the king. 
Yep, King. Lots and now, lots and nice lots too. and lots of different... Oh, they've got some Berserkers. I think we'll skip those because there'll be some of those in the Irish as well. So... Shield mains are fun. Something that did happen a lot. Despite what the internet wants you to believe sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, Harold Haradra, King of Norway. Because surprisingly, yes, that's how Norway was founded. People from Norway will never always remind you of this, always and forever, and never be quiet about it. Um, that they are the, the descendants of the Vikings. Uh, the Viking shield wall is actually really cool. Yeah, it does look nice with them all standing right there. Yeah. It doesn't come with the base, though, which is interesting. A large base is not included in the set. That is disappointing. That's odd. You do get individual... Oh, okay. You get individual bases for, for them. So I guess it's designed to be going separately and they're just showing you an example of how you could use it. Yeah. So this is... The, the Viking shield wall is just... It's a bulk buy of some of their individual miniatures. Because what you will notice is that if you keep on scrolling down, all of the stuff... Yeah, you've got the individuals. ...purchased separately. Yeah. So that that's why it does seem really odd that you're buying... Like, if you're going to buy it in bulk, like you would think that if that's one of their options, it would cost them 20 cents at the most. And that would be a very expensive MDF for it to be 20 yeah. cents worth of MDF to throw it in there. Um, otherwise, like I said, I want to have a look at the Irish. The Irish. You because. Got I got some slingers. Some doggies. Like the, the Irish... Like, they were a force to be reckoned with. Like, again, something that the Irish will never mention constantly and forever is that the Romans didn't actually make it to Ireland. They tried and they failed constantly, but they never actually made it. Um, no, they will mention this all the time. <laughs> um, I really like the guy with all of his vicious dogs, and they yeah. are actually Irish wolfhounds. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. Um, oh, these miniatures are really posed. nice. Yeah, all of them are differently posed. Like, if obviously, if you were going to build like a, a historical force, you weren't going to have to buy multiples Actually, of these. But there's enough in each set that you probably. It's not going to be super obvious. No, I think there are a couple of crossovers. Actually, there are a couple of there are a couple. Of it looks like things. there's two of each sculpt. Well, there's seven, and then down below you've got eight different sculpts or four different sculpts. So I think there's doubles for at least three, two, three of them, because there's seven dogs. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But anyways, it still looks nice, even though you've got a few duplicates. Yeah. Really, really, really nice looking stuff. Uh, I very quickly want to go into the fifty-four mil stuff just to show the other extreme. Uh, there's not a lot of it in here. These are more designed for people that want to... Dioramas. And... Yeah, dioramas, or I want to paint something for a competition, or Which... I really want to push myself. Yeah. This stuff looks amazing. My favorite might be the Sumerian Warrior. He just looks incredible. 
it looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 40 Ooh. mil stuff, again, is kind of the same. Like, there's... Go to, go to the chariots. Uh, under what? Under 40 mil. Under 40? Chariots, chariots. Down at the bottom. <gasps> Ooh. So Those look nice. Chariot, and we've got an Egyptian. I'm going to start with the Celtic one, which looks, yep, phenomenal. And it's probably... Celts were am- amongst the first to do chariots. I don't think they were the first, but they were amongst them from memory. Uh, I know that there was something about Irish and chariots that's important because um, they would use them and nobody else was using them or something at the time. I don't know if that has anything to do with Egypt not having them at that stage or not, but I know that there's something important there. Uh, the Egyptian one, I think, is actually the better of the two, though. Mm-hmm. I like the miniature-wise. That that's incredible. Yeah, the guy holding the shield will still holding the reins yep. in the back, and the guy got uh, the archer. And it makes sense that and... the archer would be like because it, it, it is definitely a skill that not everybody would have had at that stage. Yep. Um But they're all very nice. The horses on the Irish one is kind of a little bit more like where the the Egyptian one is very much on the charge. The other one's mm-hmm. just kind of like, yep, we're going through here. We're going somewhere. Yep. We're, yep. Just, we're just moving. And he's just kind of like, onward! Yeah. Where the other one's like very much in the middle of an action pose. Uh, which is, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I, I like the interesting, I do prefer the Egyptian one, but it's interesting looking at the two in comparison to each other. Agreed. I will say this. For a 40 mil miniature of that size, 25 bucks. It's not bad. Like, well, $25.44. Seriously, that that is incredible value. Uh, And then, I mean, we're not going to go through all of them, but under 40 mil, we've got Ancient China. Again, something that's not... Something that's not done very often. Uh, American Conquest horse figures. There's actually a full Egyptian thing in there. Uh, the Hundred Years' War, which also featured in the 28 mil stuff. Yeah. Uh, Roman Empire. Romans are always popular. Knights is a very generic sounding thing. My theory is is that these are just... Yeah, it's just it's literally just knights. Well, and none of them are on horseback, unfortunately. You'd think of a knight on a horseback. True. These guys are all... Majors, but not Randy always. hasn't done them yet. Yeah, that's true. There's a whole section of um, figure accessories. So there is actually an animal section under figure accessories basis, obviously. Uh, And so we've got the camels, we've got the elephants, we've got horses, some of which are in armor. So you could just, although you're not going to have the right legs for it. so. But at least you'd be able to pose them with them. Really, really nice looking stuff. I, like I said, I came across this rather randomly and I was like, yeah, no, I need to talk about this. And Dream, blue, crying, paint. Um, Socks, I believe you've got some hobby that you want to talk about. I do a lot of hobby. I have quite a bit as well. 
Do you want to go back so, and forth a little bit then? Yeah, that's fine. All right. So thanks to you and George, the, the, the listeners that have listened to the last episode know that uh, I got the Beyond Surgeon's Guide for Dystopian Wars, and I have put together all but four models. Four, I have four crown models still. How dare you not finish it yet? Well, technically, if you calculate the points with what I have on the Imperium side and what the crown has on their side, they actually have 200 points more than I do in the box. And so I built pretty much equal forces and just left it at that. And then I started painting stuff. Yeah. So that way we can start playing, but then I can start painting stuff. So I have got some uh, paint on some of my models over the last week, couple weeks. So this is my, and Bruce has seen these models uh, in pictures somewhat, but this is my Rider class flat cruiser. I've got a little bit more to do on him. I've got to paint the, his conning tower and then some other stuff. And then as you know from looking at the models and stuff like that on our site, I have, if it'll come up, I've actually painted the railroad tracks. In nice. So um, this is kind of the scheme that I'm going for, kind of a dark Prussian blue with some grays and then some brass colors. Um, so this is my Stark Imperial Fortress. So... The entire underside is completely done. The the, the tan buff. Are you looking at this, George? He's done the underside. That's what yes, you're supposed so to do George... with miniatures. <laughs> so the buff color will get a seraphim sepia uh, wash. Yeah. Kind of brown it down a little bit because I want I want the airships to kind of look like the zeppelins that Germany used in World War One. So that's kind of the style style of skin cloth skin uh, look I'm looking for. Yeah, so I can show off some more stuff here in a minute, but uh, what do you got going on with your entropy city there, uh, Bruce? So I mentioned this last time, but I didn't actually. Yes. It was still drying. So that here's, looks nice. Here's the thing I was going to mention earlier. See the thickness of the MDF. Yeah, it's very thin, as opposed to as opposed to the thickness of that. Actually, no, that's actually still quite thin. Uh, that looks like what I was going to say. That looks very similar. <laughs> As opposed to that, which is like a three yeah. mil, and this is like 1.8. Yeah. The problem with that is that thinner MDF warps much easier. Yes. And I don't know how clear... Oh, there goes all the... Whoop, there, goes the there goes your uh, sky windows. Yeah. I don't know how clear yeah, it there's... is. On, but the, the warpage on this is quite bad. Um, and honestly, I didn't use a lot of paint. It's just kind of the way that it's gone. Um, yeah. It still works. I may end up gluing this roof down, I think. I was going to say, I was about to ask you if you're going to glue that down just so you can try and keep some of the warp out. But... My original intention was not to do that, but I don't know if I've really got much of a choice. Um, yeah. I mean, it means that I don't have to necessarily paint all of the inside of it, I guess. Where'd the other skylight go? No, it's over there. But yeah, I'm, that, that's the first thing that I painted. Uh, I have quite a few things on the couch back here. So if you want to go into your next one, I will. We, we can go back and forth. Yep. So going along with uh, back to my stream, so I've got a little escort blimp uh, that goes along with my Stark Imperium. Oh, the nice. big Zeppelin. So I've got four of those little guys. And then uh, I've got a Jaeger 
fast attack airship as well. So that's what I've got painted up. I've got a couple more that's on the t uh, the table the where the boys and I are playing right now. So I'm going to answer your small thing with one of the smaller ones that I started. <laughs> oh yeah, that's small. This is uh, the Jupiter Apartments from Knights of Dice. This is one of their basic sets. So you like, there's no real That's detail nice. on the walls and stuff, like quite deliberately, because the idea is, is that you're supposed to just kind of take this and run with it. I am yeah. probably going to keep this rather simple. You can see that I have started planking up some of the windows. I like how it's coming along, because I know you're asking about how to do that, if you're going to do them all, all the windows or just some of the windows. I like it how it looks. Um, that, that's as far as I'm going to go. I mean, obviously I need to brown these out and stuff, but yeah. that, that's as far as I'm going to go at this point. Um, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't drop it. Uh-oh. I think you broke something, folks. <laughs> nope, nope. I managed to catch it. All right. Oh, that's good. So... I haven't really painted much of the inside yet. The thing I wanted to show you is that I have working doors in this. Well, until you knock it over. I don't think it's going to show on camera very well, but that door is open. Yeah, that's kind of cool how they can work. That still. door is now closed. It's... um. That was an addition that you had to buy onto the set. Uh, one of them's actually come out because obviously I didn't glue it very well. Is that like a middle pin or something like that? You there's like pins. On, well, there's pins on each of the doors, uh, yeah. and there's like platforms that you glue to the top and the bottom. I actually okay. bought three sets of these, thinking that I could do it on every single door, but you can't because there's a different mm. set of door that's shaped differently. But that's my fault. Gotcha. I didn't. That, that's not Knights of Dice's fault. Um, I love this set. This looks really, really cool. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I did the different colored roof because it just kind of feels mm -hmm. like it works. It, yeah, I, no, I agree. What's your next one, Socks? All right. So I showed you this earlier. So in Dystopian Wars, um, the mat that you play on is, is mostly a naval service because you're playing with naval ships and stuff like that. But obviously, you've got aircraft, like my Stark Imperium. And in order for them to get cover, you can have... I've seen someone do floating islands, but I'm creating some thunderclouds. And I'm going to create other clouds as well. And, and my thought process is I've got some clear acrylic that I'm going to use as my base. But I want to get the stand high enough so that, obviously, as these guys are on the table... They can kind of fly behind it, but yet at the same time, all the ships and submarines can go underneath it and still yep. move past the base. So I'm in the process of, and I've actually got some some gold wire that I'm actually going to use and make like lightning bolts coming out of the clouds and nice. going down to the base. Yeah. Because I've got a smaller thunderhead cloud, uh, and then I'll make some regular, just regular clouds as well. So uh, as I was talking to you, I'm trying to figure out what size base or post in, in terms of diameter. I'm thinking about a quarter to a half inch post just to keep it stable enough. I would go in either one of two directions. I would either have, yes, like a thick, like one thick one, or I would have a couple of thin ones. 
like maybe on the edges. Oh, so yeah, that, that would work too. Because otherwise, what tends to happen with these things is they tend to do this a bit. Yeah. The thicker it is, the more solid it should be. So, I mean, if you did go for I, like a quarter of an inch, that should probably be fine. Two, yeah, but if I did two quarter inches on the on either end, that, that would work as well too. Keeping in mind that realistically, you're probably going to have to buy a full rod of it. Yeah. And the thicker stuff will be more expensive. Uh, whereas, so I've, I, I wouldn't go too I've, thin. But yeah. Like, I would stick with something that's like somewhat reasonable. And if you end up getting thinner ones, I would put like maybe two or three around the edge rather than just one thick one in the one in the middle. If you have the option of getting like a quarter of an inch one at a decent price, I would probably go that way. Um, but I would leave it up to what you feel is justifiable more than... Yeah. I mean, if you end up having to... Like, you're only going to have to buy it once. Yeah. I'm not like... It's not going to be hundreds of dollars, but the thinner no, one will already... be cheaper than the than the thick one. Yeah, so I've already looked on Amazon... And I can get quarter inch ones at six inch lengths. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going towards. Because um, another thing is, is we looked at it earlier. So that Thule, that double layered space uh, flying saucer. Yeah. Uh, my buddy that I just played with. I, so there's a local guy that he and I are playing on Wednesdays, and he's getting enlightened as well. And then obviously my son, one of my sons, is getting enlightened. I want to make sure that's my clouds are tall I'm enough for that for to fly under yeah yeah in the future my my mine my my zeppelin my large zeppelin is just under four and a half inches tall standing on the base and so i asked i asked on the facebook group because it's not out yet hey what's everyone's consensus on what they think the height would be just based on the models that you're seeing in the picture and people are saying possibly five inches or six inches tall yeah. so i want to get something that's also going to work for that too or anything in the future that's going to get released that i'm not going to have to change too much i mean the benefit of the clouds that you're making is that you're making it out of fairly cheap material so if you decided to make several different styles like it's not really going to be expensive to do i mean to some extent i would just go nuts yeah Um, so all it is is it's a foam core board with newspaper as as the padding and then cotton balls around it that's all and then spray painted on a reverse zenith in a sense so that i get the clouding shadow effect with the sun on top so so, I mean, to some extent, I would go nuts. Like, don't go, like, if you make too much, then obviously it's going to be everywhere. But yeah. make that in a couple of small ones and then, like, try them. And then, like, maybe one that's a little bit longer but not quite as tall and just different shapes. Uh, and yeah. that way you've got different options and you can kind of, you know, it's not going to feel like you're playing on the same table all the time. Yep. And then, so with, my birthday money that I received from grandparents, parents, whatnot, I uh, purchased the Beyond Serginium Skies. So that's the second box that goes along with the set that you guys got me. And I also ordered uh, the Island yep. and Archipelago set. So that should be arriving within the next week or so. I've already got a shipping notice of notification sent out. So hopefully uh, the next week or so I'll have some new islands to paint up and some more stuff to put together over the next a uh, couple of weeks to show for the next recording as well. So, where did you get it from? Bahala Hobby. Very good boy. <laughs> <laughs> did you so use the code? The funny, I did. And the funny thing is, is I told my my uh, buddy that I played uh, on Wednesday with. He's like, they don't have any more Island and Archipelago sets. I'm like, yeah, because I just bought the last one. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's like, I'm oh, nuts. <laughs> so, uh, Bahala Hobby, you uh, 
your stock is going to be dwindling here pretty soon from uh, all the guys. And actually, it's not just Valhalla Hobby. Uh, just uh, Wayland Games is running out of stock on Dystopian Wars. They have a lot of stuff that's... I think Dystopian Wars is starting to make its its way around the gaming community. I mean, Valhalla Hobby today had a tournament for Dystopian Wars. So. Nice. Yeah, that, that, so, that is nice. Do you have anything else to add, Bruce? Oh, I've, I've got tons hobby? of stuff if I want to talk about it. So oh, sorry, I, I'm sorry. I didn't actually build these. I bought these pre-made. These are a kit that Knights of Dice do. Lovely looking nice. building there, right? They do. It's not I actually like a building. They're actually too. platforms. So oh, this wow. Is, this is something I've... It looks like, like a building. Well, it was like that on... I, I wanted to buy these for a while because the idea is supposed to be is like they just give you level uh, like levels, which in my game doesn't necessarily make a huge difference unless I want to add some stairs. Uh, but when I saw them stacked up like that, I was like, ooh, actually, they've got more than one use. I can also use them for another building. Yes, um, but, and I like that arched windows. Yeah. So they're basically meant to be like a city platform. Like in Chicago, how you have like the raised yeah, yep. areas. That that's yeah, kind of what now. they're supposed to be. Is there um, an actual door, or is there? Is it just all the arched windows? No, they're all like the. Uh, they're not actually windows either. If you look behind them, there's actually uh, brickwork yeah. there. It is brickwork. Okay, but I don't care. Like, if they're windows, they're doors, they're whatever I want them to be. It's a gaming table. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so I grabbed those. I because he's been all of the pre-built stuff that he was using for like. Um, like in warehouse examples or photos, ones that he'd built for photos on the website, and all of those have been cleared up pretty cheaply. So I grabbed these. Nice. I also grabbed this, which is a cheap version of the. You may remember the Pacific huts that I was building about yeah, twelve months I do ago. Those. So this is a copy of those where there's no detail in it at all. It's just very, very simple and very, very basic. Um, it looks good. I have always wanted to build a version of this kit, which was a barbecue hut. So mm -hmm. the idea being that I will build a barbecue to put into the middle of this, and it's like a building like in the middle of like a caravan park, park. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is one of the tables I want to design at some point. So I have my shell for that. Um which will be very nice. Do you have anything else or am I going to keep going? Uh, that's about it for me on my side. Oh, I, do have, I, finish I do have more stuff. that I haven't brought in here, but I'm just kind of showing off the stuff that I grabbed. This is a prototype that was never actually put into production. Uh, this is basically just an idea that he had of like some ruins that you could do and it all mm -hmm. kind of folds in on itself. Builds up. Really, really simply. I'm kind of building it off camera. Sorry. Becomes like a city ruin. Yeah, that looks And nice. he's just kind of used examples of how you could very easily... Uh, he's just done that with a Dremel, pretty much. But you could have done that with a knife or sandpaper or whatever you wanted, really. Yeah. Um, this is, is a prototype that and... never went into production. But this is literally just something I can slap down onto my Entropy City table as a building that just has been ruined over time. Falling apart. Yeah. Yep. So I, I really like that. I got that for like next to nothing, honestly. Um, and, then, and then finally, I have a truck. <laughs> nice. I spent a lot of time painting this to make it look perfect. I'm sure you did. I spent a lot of time it 3D printing this perfect. so that there was no layer lines. 
Somebody actually did ask me if I 3D printed it. I didn't. It, obviously, this is just a toy that I've purchased. Uh, 150th scale. I got it from eBay for like 15, 20 bucks. Uh, there's a couple bad. of them I'm going to grab. Uh, but basically, I wanted to see how it looked side size-wise first. The problem with buying things in scale, and we, I don't remember how much of the conversation you remember with Mel, but he was saying about yes. like if you have trees, for example, that are the right scale, that would look way too big because the, to the eye, it's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of get an idea of that before I bought it. Now, to the eye, this is – it kind of feels a little bit small to the eye. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, I know no. that it, I know that it's right, although this is probably 32 mil, not 28 mil, which wouldn't help. But even if it doesn't look quite right, it's close enough that it works. The yeah. um, example I was seeing, they were using uh, 156th scale, which was even smaller than this again. And I was like, no, I don't want to go that small. That's too small for me. Because uh, even on camera, I'm looking at it going, yeah, no, that's too small. It's way too small. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works really well. Uh, whether I completely paint this or I just weather it, I don't know. My theory at this stage is that I will just cover this in a matte varnish and then weather over the top of the varnish. Um because I don't need to do much. I just need to make it not look new. I was going to say, it looks brand new, straight off the factory floor. <laughs> but my plan is that this is in the middle of, like, it, it's the reason why that's a ruin, basically, or, or whatever I put it with. Yeah. Um, I have... Ah. I made it a little bit of an investment into Entropy City. And by investment, I mean I spent like 30 bucks buying stuff. So I built myself like a proper manila folder. Nice. In the front of it, we have a watermark, a, a watercolor marker. These are the templates that Our we've templates. already seen. Yep. Um, the dividers, and there's paper in the back of this as well for notes during games. I also have made some cards for testing. Now, the um, the, the squares are supposed to be... Come on, focus. This yeah, is I can the, see it a little bit. Like, that's wounds. That is maximum stress. This is supposed to be keeping track of how fast you're going. Um, like, okay. this is not meant to be a prototype for how the product will look. This is just I needed something to test with. Um, so, basically, it's a picture of the mini what weapon I've decided that they're holding, and then it's just to look pretty. Uh, the boxes, realistically, probably need to be a little bit bigger because they are Yeah, by the, they are pretty small, small. Which wasn't really obvious until I printed them. So I've got 10 of those because I've got 10 minis that I'm testing with at this stage. Nice. Um, and then I grabbed a small 40-card um, card holder, which just holds them. And I've actually written a battle report, which I'm not going to go through today, but I'm just going to show it off. So our Patreon actually got first view of this. Uh, Again, like Entropy City is not specifically a Patreon exclusive hint. It's just something that I've been doing as a thank you for those that do support us because we only have a few of them. Uh, And all of them are very, very much appreciated. So this is actually a battle that I did at home 
not Friday. It was the Friday before. Uh, it was five bikes aside. And basically, it was just we just played it out and see how it went. I was kind of testing guns again, a couple of changes that I'd made. Um, I was testing how Overwatch seems to work, and Overwatch seems to feel good. It's Overwatch is basically the idea of like I've stopped, and I'm going to shoot it, whatever comes at me first. Um, and it basically works the way that I wanted. I did film a couple of very short videos. The Patreon will not have seen those um, because they're not that they are my videos. They're not. Uh, getting tabled videos. Also, I didn't really have an easy way of implementing them into the Patreon. I would have had to have done them as three separate videos, and each of these videos are like a, like at most, 30 seconds to a minute long. So I just kind of felt like nobody would have looked at them. So that's there. Um, there's actually, like, not everything has been shared on, on Tabletop, but there is actually quite a bit here that people can go through if they want to. It's just mm -hmm. a project on the on tabletop system. So there we go. That is my hobby. I've been putting quite a bit of work into Entropy City, which shouldn't really be surprising anybody, but uh, I've been going through and going through the document and making sure it all works and so on and so forth. There was quite a big update that went up yesterday, actually. So Otherwise... I'm pretty much reaching that point of where I just need to do a lot of testing. Yeah. Yeah, you've come a long ways in in the year or so that you've really it was end of June, end of June last year, so we're approaching 12 months, yeah. Yeah. Um my goal for this year, which has kind of I'm probably not going to get there, but the goal for this year was to have had to get to the point where the individual stats were being about to be implemented, like so, so um, to have had the um, the different forces balanced, and then be looking yeah. at the individual stats. So I'm I'm probably not because having the motorbike offline since basically all year has meant that I haven't been able to get as many tests done, unless it's just me testing but against myself, and that doesn't necessarily work. work. No. You need you need the others to to think it through with you. Yeah. And honestly, I, I took a couple of weeks of doing like almost nothing hobby-wise. Like it was a month where I almost yeah. did nothing other than look at that rule set, uh, because I was just exhausted and burnt out. So, so yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, I managed to get to games night this week, and I played a game of Aristea, which is one of Cause Belly's board games. It's like their sports nice. game that happens in the Infinity World. Um, had a lot of fun actually. Uh, I. Well, I thought I was losing really badly for most of the game. It actually turned <laughs> out to be a draw. I, I was kind of like, I felt like I was behind the eight ball by a lot more than I was, which I want to say is a good thing for the game because if things are always a lot closer than you think they are, and I had never played the game before, so like if I felt like I was behind the eight ball, um, I didn't really know enough about the game to see how... But if I had been looking at the score, like, I was too behind, and that's where I was, like... And like, mm -hmm. in the last round, I'm like, I was too behind. Well, you're going to win at this point anyway, so, like, that doesn't really matter. But at the end of that game, I had drawn the game because he couldn't score that game, and I could. Um, and I, I didn't see enough to be able to see that. Because um, there's this thing where, like, if only you are in then you get two points. If both of you are in, then you get one point each. 
um, obviously, and and there's it, yeah. Um, so it ended up being a draw, but he had taken more of my players out than I had taken of his, so the it mm. went into his favour because he had more of the frag points than I did. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was still partially right, but when a game can have that feeling and still be a lot closer yeah. than you think that it is, it, I think it says a lot for a balance of a game. Talk nerdy to me. We reached out to the community about the idea of hobbying together versus hobbying by yourself. Uh, the original plan, obviously, was to have all three of us having this conversation. I told George that he had to give me notes. And guess what George hasn't done? Give me no notes. notes. No, no, he hasn't done any notes at all. And he did see the message and acknowledge the message, and he never did anything. So <laughs> thanks, George. I appreciate that. Um, you are a purebred, purebred mongrel. Have fun at the shop. Yep. <laughs> I hope you don't buy. I do hope that you don't get a trophy. I hope Casey gets lots of trophies. I hope you don't get any. Um. Okay. So yeah, the idea was is that if you're hobbying by yourself or hobbying with a group of people, just generally the debate back and forth. Now I have experienced both. I have done both. What about you, Socks? Have you really had the chance to do hobbying with others, or are you kind of always by yourself? I mean, I guess you can hobby with the kids, but it's not really the same. Yeah, so in terms of, like, putting together models and stuff like that, um, I've been able to do it a little bit with them um, because they got into Star Wars Legion a couple of years ago. They're now wanting to get into Dystopian Wars. Um, one of my boys is into Victory C, which I have as well. So... Um, so in a sense, it's nice that they're at that age that I can introduce them into this hobby. Mm. Um, so, but then actually putting stuff together mm-hmm. as a group, other than uh, sitting around at a game store and putting stuff together, no, uh, I haven't done that myself. Um, yeah. There, there is a group at my local store that I play at that, yeah, they are usually at the store pretty much every single night because they're single and and whatnot. That would have been so me at one point. Yeah, they they are there filing sprues and clipping stuff off and gluing stuff together or painting or whatnot. But no, uh, other than playing as a group, yeah, that's that's been my hobby is yeah. going over to the game store and playing games with the group. So There was a point in time where like, I only ever did hobby by myself. Um, and that has been probably most of it, but I have quite a bit of experience doing hobby as a group as well. Like There was a point where like, there was a games workshop that we always used to attend and there would be a group of us that always ended up being at the painting table and was always doing stuff. Um, when that store closed and before House of War opened, I started doing group hobby sessions. Uh, and this is kind of the point where, I mean, me and a friend Dave used to be pretty much at every one. Steve, my current housemate, would be at them sometimes. Um, and then that kind of evolved to where we just kind of started doing it at House of War anyway because House mm-hmm. of War was open and it was a place that we all enjoyed being at. Um, I don't tend to go to House of War anymore, which is a different subject. Um, but it's just, it, it, it was always something that I really enjoyed. I Personally, I find the benefit of being by yourself is that you can kind of focus on what you're doing. Um. <laughs> The bad side is that you can also then get distracted very easily by when you're by yourself, it's not necessarily as eat. It's kind of 
this is one of those debates where there is no bet. There is like if you're watching this or th- listening to this, expecting us to go, you should only ever do it this way because it's much easier for this, this, and this. The problems are basically the same. Yes. The distraction, you will get distracted by yourself or with a hobby, but in different ways, and we'll probably touch on that. Um, You can super focus when you're with people, but you can super focus when you're by yourself. Um, I found the big thing when you're hobbying with other people is that when it comes to things like painting or building, like if you're building miniatures that have options or yeah, you want to do something color. that's a little bit different you can bounce your ideas off people exactly Th- there are ways that you can do that by yourself but it's not as easy i mean the first thing yeah. that comes to mind is obviously things like twitch because then you would in theory have a community that are watching you paint and stuff um it never really took off for me when i was doing it it was kind of it went basically into video games because very few people actually attended my hobby ones um just because the, the community the community just didn't grow as much. I did have people that turned up regularly, but not as many as some others, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I will give it another go in September. But normally when you're by yourself, I mean, you probably have some music. You maybe have something playing in the background that will probably end up distracting you, and then you'll watch that instead of building whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is definitely a thing that happens. On the bounce side, if you're on a group painting table and all of you are doing it, Somebody will eventually start a conversation that that basically derails the painting session, and you sit there yes. talking about whatever sit that there is for about watching your paint dry. You don't have a wet palette. Yeah, and then you get there, it's like, oh, I was building, and then you don't even remember where you was in the build process. You're going to remember what you what step you're on, or, or where um, you painted up last, and where that part go. It was in my hand like three seconds ago, but it wasn't three uh-huh. seconds ago. It was like an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that, that happens. All the time. The distraction is something that happens regardless of whether you're by yourself or with other people. And basically for the same reason, because if you're hanging out with people, you kind of want to hang out with them. Um, but from a painting perspective, I think I prefer painting with other people more than I paint by myself. Just because it's nice to be able to, rather than getting feedback at the end of the process... Or getting, getting to some point and wanting to ask an opinion, and then you've got to wait two hours to get that opinion, so you won't touch anything. You can kind of get that opinion from several different angles in a matter of seconds, or or a matter of minutes of like, uh, yeah, sure, sure, but I need to finish this first. And if you're in a group situation, that is definitely the way to approach it. Don't stop something halfway to look at something and then get back to it, uh, because that's where you'll get paint drying on brushes and like so on and so forth or mixes that you've done where you have to remix it and it doesn't look right because you've forgotten how what the formula Or especially is. for those of you that do wet blending and, and it parts of it starts to dry and yeah. now you can't really blend it very well because it's it's dried and not as wet as you want it to be. So if you're someone that hasn't done a group hobby session, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, but at the same time, if you're going into a group that's already got a flow going, like just keep in mind that that is going to be a thing. Like you are going to want to ask for people's opinions at some point, and you should. But you also need to understand that other people also have things that they want to do. So mm-hmm. you need to understand that, like you, you won't necessarily get the answers that you want 
immediately. Or, hey, they might not even really have an answer. for. Not everybody thinks the same way. Oh, you may be asking something that somebody's just like nobody on the table's ever done. Wet blending yeah. is probably a good example of that. It's something that a lot of people... I've kind of toyed with wet blending, but if somebody asked me about wet blending, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable enough doing it to give advice. Other yeah. than maybe saying, well, in theory, this is how it's supposed to work, which is not really helpful because I'm only talking about you about like essentially what you already know at that point. Um, like I know in theory, like, like you need your paint to be wet. People usually mm -hmm. add flow improver to it or something or uh, retarder to stop it from drying too quickly. So that you can blend it yep. together before it starts drying, and but I've kind of I've only toyed with it. I couldn't really say, well, I find this really helpful. I couldn't have yeah. that conversation. Um, Same here. Some of my proudest painting moments have come from the painting table. So personally, I really highly recommend it uh, because I have got some really good advice. I've got some really good. Really good moments going. And you will get there sometimes where like, it will just flow. And that happens by yourself sometimes as well. While you will mm -hmm. just have that day where everything goes right or you're that focused that you get way more done than you ever thought that you would have. Uh, but you will also, on equal measure, sometimes you will sit down and you will be there for four hours and you might be lucky to build one miniature or yeah. paint one. Or half of one. Yeah. That is definitely a thing. Um, I don't know about over on your side of the world, but over here, we started having paint table conversations, which normally if you hear me and my friends talking about paint table conversations, they're conversations that turn, like basically end up becoming very inappropriate, like very inappropriate jokes um, or like debates about subjects that, Maybe like it's probably a conversation that should be happening privately, like because it's things about like things that are either going to get heated, uh, but we will actually be just talking about them normally. But like, let's just say politics, for example. This is not necessarily yeah. what we were talking about, but polite conversation doesn't go to politics, which is a very terrible thing, by the way. But that's another subject. Uh, like you don't talk about politics, sex, um, and religion. Now, I guarantee, mm -hmm. like, any of our conversations always went to sex. It was always being discussed, and it was always in very inappropriate manners. Not, like, not rude, you know, like, to the fact that it would offend people, but inappropriate yeah. where it's like, yeah, but you can't really have kids around the painting table. And that's a problem, because in a store environment, you do want kids to actually be able to sit at the table. Um, right. If that ever happened with us, we like, it pretty much derailed us, because... Anything that we would talk about is then just basic, and we would have to rein people in because they'd start going in that direction. Uh, 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 no, no. And the problem with that is that then the kid feels like they shouldn't be there, which is not okay. Mm -hmm. and this happened a couple of mm -hmm. times. Um, it was this environment where it became clear to me that one of the people we were playing with was somebody that I would never have a game with because they were bragging about clubbing baby seals people that's listened to the podcast for a while may understand. I've had this conversation about why I didn't play Warmer Hordes at one point, and it was because somebody gave me a very bad impression of that community, 
mm-hmm. thankfully I now know that not all of the committee was like that, but I got the impression that I wanted to stay away from it and never have anything to do with it after that conversation. Uh, I will not say the name of the person that had that. Uh, not that I don't even know if they would come across this, but I would just rather not. Um, so, like, conversations around the painting table very rarely stay on topic. That They always wander. To... Wander off. Yeah. So, so a store that I play at, the, the owner of the store is very adamant that those type of conversations never occur. Yep. He wants to keep it as family friendly as possible. And so even the employees that are there sometimes at the, at the painting table when they're off work or because they'll sometimes just come there uh, and hang out after their shift is done. Mm-hmm. Um, that they will ensure that that those type of conversations don't occur at all. Yeah. Just because that's how the owner the wants. The store probably would have if they'd noticed. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they would have or not. Uh, I mean, the game, the games workshop store definitely did keep like, depending on who was in store. It was kind of like, it's okay, depending on who's in store. Like if, if it starts getting inappropriate while there's kids in store, they would definitely pull us into line. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they overheard the conversation, and there was people, like, no, maybe that's not appropriate. Like, and, and again, like we're not talking about things that are like, although th- there would have been people that made comments that make me uncomfortable, uh, but that's why it was conversation and debate as opposed to... Um, yeah. Because the idea of the conversation, it was always a conversation and not a slinging remarks randomly to try and be funny. and Yeah. Uh, but that, like, sometimes conversations are inappropriate. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I just thought it was worth noting because whenever you get a group of people around, not that you would relate to this, but, like, if you get a group of people around drinking, for example, conversation always goes there and it never ends up being appropriate. But that's okay, because you probably won't remember most of the conversation the next day anyway. It's just what tends to happen with drinking. And, and drinking wasn't involved here. But if you get enough of the enough like-minded people around, that is the way the mm-hmm. conversation tends to go, unfortunately. Um yeah. if you're someone that if you're someone that finds it hard to focus on what you're doing or if somebody talking about things and that's not related to the hobby is something that's going to frustrate you, um, then either you need to find the right group of people to paint with or you're better off by yourself. Do it on your own. Yep. Uh, because like it, you, you will get distracted and you will be part of the reason why the group, everybody will be at fault. It will not be, it's always this one person and they always, it's everybody because mm-hmm. that's the way that conversation happens. To be fair, if you're hanging out with friends, you would hope that that's how it happens anyway. Because otherwise nobody really wants to be around each other. Yep. So, it's just, I, I if you're talking about group hobby, you, you have to talk about that as well. Because conversation, like, you, you can talk about painting, but you can only really talk about painting for so long. So long, yeah. Um, so, Agreed. It'll wander off into whatever the latest TV show was that you were watching or whatever the latest movie is that you saw or that song that you were listening to last night that you really don't like and this is the reason why. Um, or I had this game and I don't like the way that they do this. Or, but They all start fairly innocently, but a conversation yeah. will go off the rails very quickly. 
Um, so it's yep. definitely part of the issue that you, need, that you will be facing. But again, when it comes to developing as a painter, I don't think that there's much better than being around a group of people that can all bounce ideas off each other. Um, well, they can show you tips and tricks of what they've learned over the years if they're if they've been in the hobby a lot longer than you. As if you're starting into this hobby, yeah. So, and then you can start having those conversations about, well, let's try this next week, or I really like this, but I challenge you to try doing it this way instead. Sometimes that can be really fun. Um, someone, a staff member at the store that I used to go to at one point challenged me to paint a miniature without using any washes because he was trying to challenge me uh, to not mm. rely on them uh, to the point where I literally did an entire army without touching washes quite deliberately. Nice. Because uh, I, I was that stubborn or that stupid, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I was like, well, because he was having the conversation with me he didn't realize I was doing an army at the time. He thought I was just building a miniature. Just doing one miniature. And I took what he said at face value. I was like, okay. And I said, okay, but then I did it with the full army. Um, or at That's least funny. everything from the army that I've built so far. Uh, this was my Abyssal Dwarves, which in theory I could play with. I haven't for a long time, but I could. Um, so, yeah. Um, if you have thoughts on this, please do reach out to us. We would kind of hoped that we were going to get some feedback on the subject when mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it last episode, but that's okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, d- definitely reach out. If you've got thoughts on this, we'll share them next episode. Um, not 100% sure what we're going to talk about next episode. I had a couple of ideas, but we will decide between now and then. We'll mull it around. Um, as always, by all means. I know. You know? Um, by all means, like if you have thoughts, you have things that you want us to talk about, reach out to us and let us know. Because, hey, guess what? We can't talk about them if we don't know. Uh, whether that be a game that we've talked about. If, if you liked, for example, the Bushido coverage and you want us to do a little bit more of that. or I, I was going to say, we've, we've done that with Drop Zone. We could do that and Drop Fleet. We could kind of go into some of the other games. We could go into yeah. Dystopian Wars. We could go into Bushido. We could kind of go over... Some of that stuff. Yes, George, we're not all going to know everything about Bushido. I mean, you do, and but George and I have know a little bit about it. But Yeah. I mean, I, Bushido is just an example that I used. Wars. There's not really yeah. a lot more that I could cover there, other than the basics of the game. But um, Well, and that's what I'm talking about. We, go we can do it basics. with other. We go over some of the, the factions or, or whatnot, go into the factions a little bit more. I know we talk about the miniatures yeah. themselves, but actually what each faction can does, because... And dystopian wars, from what I've found so far, is there are some generic weapons across all eight factions, but then there are very specific weapons that only they have. And so, yeah. but I'm sure there's something which like definitely that is too, a so. like say drop fleet doesn't really. Oh no, I mean drop fleet and drop zone have a. Li- they're not to the same level though, not to no. the point of like literal like that. There are certain factions that have like Shaltari have a few things that nobody else has, like their shields and stuff but not yeah. to the point of the entire army has weapons that nobody else has. Like the um, the ice, there's a ship that has like ice cannons and stuff that nobody yeah, else has access to. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely a thing. Um, 
no idea what George has been up to because George George um, is smelly. Hopefully, he's and... winning ribbons or and trophies. <laughs> Hopefully, he's been kicked out of the house because people think he smells. That might be true too. Yeah. All right. Upcoming events. Tournaments, demos, conventions, you know that kind of stuff. Operation ID is coming up on the fourth of June, which is insanely close right now. Sorry, Operation ID not recognized. Uh, next weekend. Yeah, so that's an Infinity Tournament. Uh, it's happening at the House of War in Victoria. Um, there's possibly still a couple of places in that if you want to join in. I would like to think that realistically most people would know about it, are already part of it, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ATC, the Asian Tournament Championship. Is that what it was? No, Asian Team, Ta- Team Championship. Uh, see, specifically, the Singapore Showdown. Uh, this is all part of the ATC. So on the 10th of June, there's a 300-point infinity tournament happening at the Blitz Mini Store, which is in Singapore, hence Singapore Showdown. Uh, PAX Australia is coming up from the 6th to the 8th of June. I will be there, but I don't know what days yet for reasons that we have discussed previously. Uh, Northern King Con is still the best name for a con that I've ever heard. Um, 24th to the 26th of November, that happens in... West Yorkshire, uh, twenty. It's fifty-five pounds. That includes hot lunches for both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, fifty-five pounds would originally be a thing of wow, really. But when you find out it includes a hot meal, that definitely changes things significantly. Yeah. Um, links for all of these will be in the show notes. Gen Con uh, is August third to the sixth. Third to the sixth. Yeah. August third to the sixth in Indianapolis, as always. So. I would love to get back up there again. Uh, don't know if it's going to happen this year. Uh, yeah. Definitely a question that hopefully we'll have answers to soon. Valhalla Hobby are one of our sponsors. It's literally, well, they are our sponsor, not one of. As I said. <laughs> yes, we have um, some patrons, but they're our sponsor. Yes. Um, we're very proud to have this. It's nice to actually have a store that's trying to do it. And they, they like, they reached out to us. They reached out to us and asked if they could do this to help us get our gettingtable.com. Like that literally was the conversation. Um, and it's the only reason we can afford to have gettingtable.com, which is something that we had wanted from day one, but we just mm-hmm. couldn't afford it. Um, especially at a point where we were already paying significant amounts of money out of our own pockets to keep things going. But obviously, it's a store that has your regulars. You've already heard that they have dystopian wars, which is. Not a huge game, but it's certainly growing. It's growing. They have Magic the Gathering. They have Dungeons and Dragons. They have Warhammer 40k. But they also have your smaller games. They have Bushido. They have your TT Combat stuff. They have Wild West Exodus, Rumble Slam, Dystopian Wars, Conquest. They actually specialize in the smaller niche games. And this isn't my wording. This is on their website. They actually state this because it is something that's very important to them. They like We try to push the indie side of the business because we believe it's the more interesting side of the business. Right? One company dominates most of this space. And that doesn't mean that they're bad. Like Obviously, they're doing something right. But some of the other companies out there are doing things that are so much more interesting and they deserve that respect. 
Um, so stores like Valhalla Hobby are very important because there are some places where you just can't find this stuff. Yeah. Even if you are trying to look for it. So it's good that there are some decent options there. ValhallaHobby.com. Uh, if you're making a purchase of $100 or more, if you use GT2305 at checkout, you'll get 5% off. It also means that you're helping support us as well. We get no kickbacks from that. No. It just means that they can see that you came from us and it helps justify to them that this is working. So please do do that. Um, definitely, definitely appreciate it. The prices are also good too. Like yes. Legit. But they are decent prices. So go and support. All right. Speaking of our Patreon, patreon.com slash getting tabled. You get early access to everything that we do. Well, almost everything that we do. Um, you get three, oh, hang on, Monday, Tuesday, you get a four, four days early access to the video edition of the podcast, which, hey, looks prettier. Does everybody notice how prettier it looks? Yes. And you can listen in on us while we're actually recording. We've had a few folks uh, listen in. Uh, and type comments while we're recording too, so you, you have that option as well. So. True. Um, most of our stuff gets shared on Facebook first, facebook.com slash getting tabled. I mentioned earlier that if you want to reach out to us, please do. Uh, you can reach out to us getting tabled at gmail.com. Uh, our website is getting tabled.com. Thank you, Valhalla Hobby, for that. We, we couldn't have it without you. Twitter and Instagram is at getting tabled. Both probably need to be used more, but Instagram is more active than Twitter is, um, largely because I do use Instagram and I avoid Twitter. So, And otherwise, I mean, I'm only doing it casually at the moment. I actually did do it a couple of times recently, uh, twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce. I played a little bit of Zelda uh, a week or so ago. I played a little bit of Star Citizen a week or so ago. So like, because I was about off, I, I kind of like, well, I'm going to do it with the community. So it went well. Yep. Uh, I will continue to do it on a casual basis. Um, but otherwise, anything else from you, Socks? I'm good. When are you good? Always. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table, music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mattias at soundimage.org. And Socks will be 18 again next year.